It was a Friday in 2012. It was January in Tennessee. It was chilly, but Tennessee chilly, so like 65 degrees. We were riding in the car and had just came back from eating at our favorite Froyo spot, where we had our first date months ago. We just had an incredible conversation about her goals and, and what she wanted to do after she graduated college. And I was so happy because, well, I felt like her goals lined up with mine. I was a sophomore and had yet found a girl who I could see a future with. I was overwhelmed with glee and couldn't stop smiling as we drove the 75 to get back to campus. As we sat there, overcome with emotion and butterflies, I let it slip. I love you, I said. Silence filled the Prius, and after a few seconds of not hearing a reply, I turned my head from the road over to the passenger seat, and there I saw the most terrifying thing a 19-year-old guy can see. A pretty girl awkwardly glancing at you while grinding her teeth. Oh, I don't think I feel the same way she said, wrinkling her face, embracing the impact of her words. And what an impact it was. I mean, talk about embarrassment, heartbreak, and sadness, all at the same time. I felt like I just got hit by a semi. I experienced something no human being wants to experience. When someone you love doesn't love you back, it's perhaps the most terrifying feeling the human can experience. It's the reason why dating is such a nerve-wracking experiment. How many cars have been keyed? How many murders have been committed? How many drunken nights or ice cream comas have been initiated due to the humiliating ache that one feels when their love is rejected? In the Bible, we see a God who can relate to that. Despite the common arguments of the so-called new atheists, there really are many good reasons to believe in God. Yet the one pervading question remains, an age-old question that never seems to go away. If God exists, and God is love, why is there so much evil, so much pain, and so much suffering in the world? There's an old argument called the Epicurean Paradox that goes basically like this. Is God willing to prevent evil, but not able? Then he is not all powerful. Is he able, but not willing? Then he is malevolent and has evil intent. Is he both able and willing? Then why is there still evil? Is he neither able or willing? 
then why call him God? Though at first glance it sounds reasonable, there are flaws, and the flaws have to do with the understanding of two terms in the argument. The first deals with what it means that God is all-powerful, and the second with the nature of love. Firstly, we have to be careful with the idea of God being able to do anything, as the modifier of all-powerful suggests. Can an all-powerful God create a triangle that has four sides? No, because the moment it has four sides, it's no longer a triangle. And with this comes the key question. Can God, even an all-powerful God, create a love that is forced? No, because the moment that love is forced is no longer love. Just as a triangle to be a triangle must have three sides, love to be love must be freely given. To force love is to destroy it. Love, by its very definition, must be free. Otherwise, it's not love. God can create obedience without freedom. He can create law without freedom. He can create order without freedom. He can create compliance without freedom, but not love. God can force the entire universe to worship him, to obey him, to fear him, but he cannot force a single creature in all his creation to love him. And here's the crucial pivot, the hinge upon which the question of evil rests. The only way humans can have that moral freedom is if they had the potential to make immoral choices. Without that potential, without the option for immorality or evil, humans are not morally free. And if not morally free, they cannot love. I think about the 19-year-old me from years ago. In that moment, in that car, with that girl who rejected his love. What if, at that moment, I could force her to love me? What if there was an app on my phone that, when clicked on, would make this girl love me? What if that car ride didn't end with an awkward handshake as I dropped her off at her dorm, but instead a kiss, verifying our love? What if we continued to date, get engaged, get married? What if she bared my children and we raised a family together and watched them grow up? What if we make it to our golden anniversary, 50 years together? When all is said and done, and we're old and dying, as I reflect back on my life and how happy I have been spending it with her, and I think about that choice I made, that button I pressed that forced her to fall in love with me. If I'm honest, truly honest, I'll have to come to the terrifying conclusion that my whole life experience was a lie. She didn't choose to love me, so that must mean she never loved me at all. But what's more disturbing is that I never truly loved her. 
Because when you force someone to love you, that's not real love. In fact, we have a word for that. It's called rape. Forced love is fake love. The moment you add a fourth side to a triangle, it is no longer a triangle. And the moment you add force to love, it is no longer love. And this is certainly not the kind of love God wants for his creation. Hence, God had no choice. If he wanted human beings who could love him back in a way that reflected the love he had for them, then he had to create them free. Because only in freedom could they know what it means to love. And because of that freedom, humans made the wrong choice and chose evil. But here's the good news. The same God who created us free has not only promised to rid the world of evil, but has also given a detailed account of how he plans to do so. What is that plan? And how are we really to understand the love of God? All that coming up on A Picture of God.